Hey, everybody. So today we're going to talk about joy. And so I did this kind of silly thing. I went online to see if there were any statistics about joy. And of course there are. You know, you can find anything, I swear, online. So, uh, so I had a little fun. And in fact, this is what preteens think will bring them joy later in life. So these are 9, 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. They did a survey, and they basically asked, what, what do you imagine will bring you joy in life? Okay, can you guess what number one is? You know, uh, you said money, and you know what? For like three years in a row, it was money, it tipped. So money's number two. Guess what's number one? Fame. It's celebrity. I think all of those, uh, what are they, reality TV shows where you don't have to have any talent at all, and yet, yet you can be famous and loved? So believe it or not, that surpassed money. As number one, our preteens think that if they can have their own TV show, if they can be on the cover of the tabloid newspapers at the supermarket, that that will make them happy, that that's one of the paths towards happiness in life. Number two is money. You're, you're, you're dead on. And traditionally, that was number one. Guess what number three is? It's beauty and, and or good look. They believe that if they, if they look good, if they wear the right clothes, if they have the right features, the, 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 even, even some of the boys said that, you know, having abs, for instance, for, for you know, you wouldn't think a nine or a 10-year-old boy would be into the abs thing, but they notice, they pay attention to, to uh, you know, what, what passes for celebrity these days. Okay, so that's number three. What do you think number four is? Now, <laughs> this one, this one kind of sang to me for a moment, though. It talks about genius and talent. So, were they, so they were saying, you know, if I was really smart, if I studied really hard, um, if I became really good at pl like playing the harp or playing a musical instrument, if I had a talent, that might bring me happiness. And then guess what the last one was? Believe it or not, it was power. Now, they, they didn't use that word, but they said, I want to be the boss. I want to be the one in charge. I want to be the person that gets to call the shot. So it was that kind of idea of positional power. So what do you think about these? Of course, you know, these are young folks that haven't been out in the world yet. They haven't had the experience of having a job to see you know, what power is really like in the workplace. They haven't had the experience of knowing that uh, happiness is maybe a little harder to buy than one might think it is. Uh, but what do you think about that? Does it kind of make you worry a little bit? Does it kind of, yeah? It, it, it reflects what they're seeing on Well, there you go, doesn't it? Isn't it interesting that what we see on television, the things that are highlighted in the media, I guess it's no surprise that those things are perceived. I mean, do we ever see unhappy celebrities on TV? Not usually, right? When Oprah interviews Tom Cruise, he seems pretty well put together, right? <laughs> or, or maybe not, I don't know. But there aren't too many celebrities that go on TV and say, you know, I'm really having a bad hair day and I just wish I stayed home. They look lovely. They seem to be having a great time. Maybe, right? So I want to ask a question. 
Is there anything wrong with fame, money, good looks, genius, and power? See, I don't think so. And the the statistics around those would tend to back me up. Uh, It was interesting that the article later on went to kind of explode the myths a little bit of of those particular issues as bringing us happiness. And, And what the statistics also show is that those people that have those things are not necessarily any happier than anyone else. In fact, uh, in terms of celebrity, it's probably the reverse in that celebrities have four times the incidence of mental illness, of substance abuse, of depression, and suicide rates. So actually the number one thing that kids might think will make us happy probably the reverse. Probably celebrity has its own pressures that are apt to not make us happy rather than happy. Well, I like to think of those particular five things as part of the category of what I would call outside happiness. And by that, what I mean is the idea that something exterior to ourselves, something outside of ourselves, having the power to actually make us happy. Now, I have to admit, now and then, I'm totally trapped and immersed in that myself, right? When someone springs a surprise on you and gives you a present or, or, or something just delightful external to yourself happens, doesn't it bolster you up? Doesn't it just turn you on? And someone brings you flowers out of the blue or, or, or someone does something in a, in a special way? It's like there's nothing wrong with those things. But I would suggest that if we pin our stakes on them, then maybe we have a problem. If we think that that's the path to which I have to have in order to have happiness, then I think there's a problem. I'm going to illustrate with with a joke, and I found a real stinker for you tonight. (laughs) Hopefully you'll enjoy it. So a teenager brought home her new boyfriend to meet her parents, and they were appalled by his appearance. He was wearing leather jackets, had motorcycle boots, tattoos, a pierced nose, He was unshaven, he used poor language, and even had bad table manners during dinner. The parents, not impressed. Later in the kitchen, you know how mothers will take their daughters aside in the kitchen? She said, honey, he doesn't even seem very nice. Does he make you happy? Does he really bring you joy? Mom replied the daughter, I was concerned a bit myself at first, but then I found out how truly compassionate he is. You would never guess to look at him, but he's scheduled for over 5,000 hours of community service. (laughs) And so, and I do have a point here, yes. (laughs) So, So my point is, if we're really looking towards externals to make us happy, if it's really the boyfriend that's going to make us happy, if it's really the job that's going to make us happy, if we're waiting for that new car or that promotion at work or, or something external to ourselves, if we're counting on the world to make us happy, we're setting ourselves up for the fall. We're going to find that that compassion had a different source than we thought it did. We're going to find out that that new job has its own pain and effort that goes with it. We're going to discover that the marriage, as sweet as it is, has its pitfalls as well. That happiness, I think, is more of an inside job. And so I want to talk about this idea of finding joy 
within ourselves. And, and hopefully I set you up to do that a little bit during our short meditation tonight. Because I would bet us as adults, rather than teenagers, a lot of our experience of joy or more on the inside of things. It's more the, the time that we spend with loved ones. It's, it's probably more about some of our hobbies and those places where we feel in the zone. It's probably listening to music, some of the simple things in life that bring us happiness, some of the what I think of as interior things, because it's really us seeking out our own enjoyment, right, in, in an actually in an active way, rather than passively waiting, just hoping that something good will happen. Most of us have enough experience of ourselves. Most of us have gone that inward glance enough to know, actually, that we can produce our own happiness, that joy can be made in our own heart. Now, have you, how many people here have had just a really pissy day before? Surely everyone here has had just the stinker of all days, where you sort of wished you had just stayed in bed. Do you know what I mean? One of those where it's just like, I know I'd be shortening my life by a day, but I'm willing. (laughs) I'm willing to just pass on this one. But haven't you also had days nearly as bad where you, on purpose, turned it around? Where you said to yourself, okay, so maybe there are more bills than I can pay in the mailbox right now, or maybe the boss did chew me out, or maybe my daughter came home with more D's and C's than she's ever had before. Maybe this day is setting up to be that stinker, but what I know is I can go out in the garden today and enjoy myself. But what I know is I can call a friend. I can talk to a girlfriend that I haven't talked to in years and years, and we'll get laughing together, and I'll be able to turn the day around. See, this is my theory. This is my true theory of joy on the inside, and that is if we have enough awareness of what brings us joy, we can actually set that up. We can plan to have a joyous day. We can say to ourselves in the morning, in fact, when we're in the midst of our spiritual practice or getting ready for work or, or however your day starts out, you can say to yourself, this is going to be a joyous day and I'm going to have fun in it. And by gosh, in the same way that you can really cause anything to happen, you can cause joy to happen. Now I will say, there are some things that stand in the way of joy happening. And I do want to talk about them. It's probably not just as easy as throwing a switch. And one of the things that I think stands in the way most often is this little thing that I call expectations. And I'll I'll use an example that I'm almost embarrassed about. Um, Does everyone familiar with the concerts they have at, at the zoo in the summer? And so, uh, you know, they have that beautiful amphitheater and they actually pull in, you know, real named uh, people. I I mean, the concerts are are lovely and you can pack your picnic and, you know, you can eat and, you know, have fun and it's on the lawn and it's beautiful. And so um, uh, several of us decided that that we would go see Cyndi Lauper when she was here a year before last. And, of course, when I saw that she was on the bill, I'm just at that right age where Cyndi Lauper represents sort of young love to me. I mean, her first few albums were when I was at that age that 
like I had my first boyfriend and life seemed, you know, full of bizarre possibilities and, and I was kind of different and remember how she was kind of different in the beginning and, and so, so the music uh, and me thinking about it conjured up this picture of just what a lovely evening I was going to have and so I was going with, the, well, and the impossible expectation that me and my 50-year-old state would somehow be transported back to be 20 years old again and, and feel young love and joy and, 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 and the beauty of her music. And so I get there, and you know what? She didn't even play any of those songs, right? <laughs> Big surprise, she's moved on. <laughs> she's enjoying her today, not her 20 years ago, right? And so I had a horrible time. And it was my expectations. It was like the grass was damp and the food wasn't that good. And here I am listening to Cindy Lauper sing God knows who else's songs. <laughs> I mean, they were her songs. I just wasn't up on what she was singing today, all right? All right, now if that isn't sad enough, I have to tell you that the other three people that I was with had a wonderful time. It was my expectations entirely that ruined it for me. They enjoyed the grass. They enjoyed the food. They, they, I mean, it was kind of, it was sort of like soul jazz kind of a combo. And, and I mean, they had fun. And I sat there just being pissy. So why do expectations ruin our joy? Well, first of all, they set a bar over which something needs to be exceeded or something is to be met. So when you're anticipating a certain thing, whether it be Cindy Lauper or a certain amount of money on a check or whatever it might be, when you set an expectation, anything short of that... Now, now think of this for a minute, right? 100% of your goal will bring you joy... 99% of your goal, and suddenly you're pissed off. Suddenly it's not good enough. This is crazy. So right off the bat, expectations almost nearly ruin your chance of having a good time. Because unless they're met exactly, it's not good enough and you'll be disappointed. Unless it's right up there at 100% or over, you're like feeling like something's missing. Even though it's one tiny little thing out of the evening, even though everything else was beautiful and lovely and, 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 and fun and happy because you missed her singing true colors, the, the evening is ruined. All right. The other thing that expectations do is they also reduce our ability to actually feel the joy because even when the expectation is met, it only just met your expectation. Do you see what I mean? Have you ever been to a, like a birthday party or something where it was just a, a, a lovely time, but the children, because of course they go to a lot of birthday parties, know what to expect, and so sure enough, there is face painting, and sure enough, there are all of these, you know, cake and all of these fun things but it's just what they expect. And so then when you ask them later, well, did you have fun at your birthday party? They say, it was fine. It was fine. They got what they expected, but the expectation itself reduced the joy. If it had been a surprise party, 
and they had no expectations. Or if you've ever seen a child at their first birthday party, right? It's like, oh my gosh, all this for me? It's bizarre. How could it be true? But when the expectation meets some regularity, then the same feelings are not present anymore. And then finally, the other thing that I want to point out about expectations is that they actually blind you to joy coming from other directions. And so if you are really focused on the expectation of a day or an experience turning out a certain way, there could be joy and joy and joy and joy, but you're waiting, do you know what I mean? You're waiting for the pony to get there. I remember, uh, I think when I was like seven or eight, uh, it was just the constellation of stars. I went to a birthday party, and they had a pony. And so from then on, whenever I went to a birthday party, it's like, well, when is the pony going to get here, right? <laughs> well, the pony effect is kind of terrible in a way, because you'll be right? You'll ignore the clown. You'll ignore the face painting. You'll ignore your favorite kind of cupcakes as you're waiting for the trailer to pull up. So when we have expectations, it, it's the, also that drying out effect, like, when, you know, when, is, it gonna, is it yet? Is it yet? It's like, am I happy yet? And you're totally missing the point that joy is actually all around you. I'm going to say that again, because I wonder if actually you would believe me on that. I said it kind of glibly, didn't I? Do you buy that love, that joy, that happiness are all around you? It sounds like the theme music from the old Mary Tyler Moore show or something, <laughs> doesn't it? Do you, do you buy that? Some of you are nodding. Some look a little like the, the deer in the headlights. My thesis is that because I think that joy is an inside job, that means it doesn't matter really what's going out on the outside, that truly I can find joy within myself no matter what's happening, not matter whether the pony shows up or not, whether the birthday party gets canceled or not, whether the picnic has rain on it, whether the car has a flat tire. I think it's within my power to actually pull the rabbit out of the hat, so to speak, and say, oh my gosh, there's something pleasurable here. There's something fun to be had here. So uh, yesterday, a, a friend who's staying with me is having some medical problems, and I, I took her to her doctor's appointment. And you know how sometimes you have this idea that a doctor's appointment should last like about 20 minutes in and out? It's blood, <laughs> you know, it's just blood work. How long could it take? Well, as I'm into my second hour of waiting, I'm starting to get this feeling, well, you know, my day is kind of ruined here. We were, we were supposed to be home by now, and then I was going to work out in the yard for a while, and I wanted to take the dog to the dog park, and then I had setting up to come here. And, you know, it was like, a oh, great. I did not have two hours to spend helping my friend. And, of course, I'm already working on my talk for tonight. So I'm thinking, all right, Larry, how do you pull joy out of this. And so I looked around me a little bit, and I looked around myself a little bit, and I said, wait a minute, this place is actually full of fun stuff. It's like I took recipes out of good housekeeping. I, didn't, I did not even know that they still made good housekeeping magazines. And there were some off, there's like you could make pizza 
out of Bisquick. Who knew? It's like, it's, um, I can't wait to, some of you already knew this, but I can't wait to try the recipe. And then I noticed over, they had like a children's area for, for the kids, I guess, that have to wait for two hours for a lab test. And they had this most amazing thing. It was like a table with magnetic dust or something on the top of it. And you move things underneath and oh my God, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. When Lynn finally came out and was ready to go home, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not done. I'm not done. But it was a conscious effort. Initially, quite the reverse. Initially, it's like, this is messing with my life. And what I realized was that I really had a choice, right? I was going to be there however long. I mean, I wasn't going to leave my friend behind and see if she could get home on the bus. So, so I, mean, I mean, I'm there. So why shouldn't I have some fun with it? This is my homework for you. You know that now and then I like to assign homework. And so I'll be right up front with it. My homework is, next time you find yourself in an unwelcome situation, reverse it. On purpose, on purpose, say to yourself, wait a minute, joy is an inside job to say that I cannot find even a shred of joy in what's going on right now is really saying there's no creativity left in me. It's really saying I'm dried up. Not that the world is dried up, but that I'm dried up. And so the challenge here is, what makes you happy? What makes you silly? Can you find the recipes in the magazine? Can you go up and talk to the receptionist until she shoes you away because she has real work to do? Right? There are always things out there, and more importantly, there are always things in here that will bring you joy. I want to close tonight with just one more idea of joy. I think that those high school or preteens, I think, do have one thing downright. Because what I noticed was in almost all of the categories, they talked about interacting with people. And so even though they didn't list people as a category, the idea of fame was so that they could be around people that loved them. In the category of, uh, of uh, power, for instance, they wanted it to be around people. Now, they may have had the dynamics kind of funky around it, but I do think that almost universally, our friends and our family, we cooperate with them, we collaborate with them to bring great joy into this universe. And so I'd like to end with just a thought of what we can do to bring joy to others, perhaps, is a very powerful way of bringing joy into our own lives. And so if you would, for just a moment, and then I swear I'll get on with the prayer and we'll finish up. For just a moment, close your eyes and picture yourself having some kind of an interaction, some kind of a fun interaction, a playful one, a joyous one, with someone that you love. And just, if you will, notice what that feels like. 
just picture yourself. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's a good friend. Maybe it's someone that you haven't seen in a while. Just that delight in, in talking to them, being with them, sharing your day with them. Do you see what a simple thing this is? And do you see how you're creating it not only for yourself, but for something larger than yourself? So easy, I think, to collaborate on this thing called joy. So let us pray. There is one power, there's one presence, there's one life. There is that, that one cosmic joy that is God. And what I know is without limit, it's everywhere present, that, that truly the joy of the universe is in every detail of our lives, just waiting for us to discover it, waiting for us to celebrate it. And I know that means me. I know that my life is filled with joyous experiences, even, even in the midst of a concert gone wrong, even in the midst of the dental office or wherever I might be, under whatever circumstances, I know in my heart that joy is in my heart and that I open myself to it. And as it is true for me, is it can be true for each person in this room, that each person here has that power, that ability to actually seek out joy, to cultivate it, and whether it's with friends and family, um, whether it's through the simple things in life, whether it's cutting recipes out of magazines or annoying a receptionist, joy, joy is present for us always. And I simply fill my heart up with the, the surety that each person here can experience the joy that they, they so deserve in this life. I'm grateful for this. So very grateful in the joy from within and the joy from without. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here tonight. So glad you were here. <laughs>